people have a story in their head and they need some way of getting the story of your business and why you're in business into their head. And that way they can support what you're doing. That's one by getting that story, that narrative into each other's heads where you all have the same story, then that energy is flowing in the same direction. You're all there for the same reason. Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis. And the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. Hello, friend. I am your host, Peter Hartzell. I am so pleased to be with you today. We are in part three of our series we're calling Other Forms of Currency. And today's topic is going to be titled The Story in Your Head. And uh, I'm just going to let Phil take it. Uh, I, th I think this one is going to be really good. And as I've said in previous uh, episodes, if you have not listened to the, the first part one, part two in order, I would recommend going back and listening to that one first, just so you have better context uh, moving forward. Also, I'd like to encourage you to go over to philcohen.co, that's P-H-I-L-C-O-H-E-N dot C-O, and connect with us. We have a place where you can actually reach out to Phil directly, um, and we can see if there's some areas where we can give some advice and give some help. Phil can meet with you face-to-face -face over Zoom, and uh, we'd love to connect with you there. So take advantage of that, please. Um, please do. So Let's dive right in. Other forms of currency, part three, the story in your head. Yeah. So just to, re just to recap, we discovered we were doing a lot of things right and we didn't know why people's lives were changing. We were doing it debt-free. Uh, we had a very low drama workplace. Uh, we were experiencing just divine favor, all kinds of favor in the marketplace not just with Christian organizations, but just there was just favor, experiencing favor in the uh, in in the community, and and we wanted to know why. I wanted to go one layer deeper, which is spelled gold, G O L D. I kept digging for the gold, and I keep digging for gold. That's the story of my life. And we discovered that it was it was because of the what we were doing is we were harnessing the power of human energy and getting human energy to move in the right direction. And it was kind of in, in really in both two directions. One was toward the customer, and the other was toward the families of the employees. And we just loved it when employees would come and, I mean, employees' families would come and tell us what a wonderful change it's making in their home. And we loved it when employees would come and say, I'm, I'm only staying for the culture. I've been offered better jobs, but it's the culture that's keeping me here. And we loved it when we worked with, with companies, with customers that wanted to work with us just because of our culture. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that we did. Now that we knew why it was working, now we could focus more on how to channel it and what, what to use and what not to use. So this would be kind of our more practical application episode They're yeah kind of stepping into that now so i had started just really because just because other workplaces did this i had had an orientation process that i used for all new employees 
and it was typical orientation. Just uh, I, I gained, I got it from back when in my younger years I worked for uh, International Harvester in in Chicago, and and uh, they took through took us through an orientation, and then they taught us about safety. They taught us about the company, and so I just thought, well, this is what companies do. This is what I'm going to do. And so I had, I show, sharing a lot of things. This is about our company. This is about, these are the benefits we offer. And one morning I was talking with a friend and, and he said, Phil, why don't you share your story in orientation? And I said, I don't like talking about myself. And he said, but your story is the story of the company because that's how the company started. And so I was actually getting ready to do an orientation and I, and I, I, in, I incorporated that into my orientation. The orientation itself take, took about a half a day to go through, and every employee went through it. And in fact, some employees, when uh, we went through a season when the culture started to sag, so I took employees back through the orientation. And, and the, the, the bottom line is that when, when you go to work, wherever you go, there's a story in your head about what is going on, why you work there. Yeah. So you have a story in your head about what, why you're there. And what we wanted to do was tell our story. And um, I didn't want to put myself forward, but it really was my story that, that the company was built on. So I shared my story and why we we're in business. And so we took people through this. It was, I've got, I'm looking at it right now. It was 131 slides. Wow. It took a half a day. And, and it was to help people get the story of why we're in business. And, and one thing I would start with, I would, I would introduce myself and, and I would ask people, um, just get people to loosen up and relax, like take, take some deep breaths. And before... We hired them. We, we asked their permission. We're a faith-based workplace. Are you okay with that? And they said they were okay. And I'd ask permission if I could pray. And, and then, then we would start the orientation. And, and eventually it became, it, it started, it became named Storientation rather than Orientation. So uh, I had people go around. This is something, a trick I learned from Patrick Lencioni was when you start a meeting, you want to get people to relax and get them to be vulnerable. Uh, you don't want them uptight, like, how long does this take? And I've got to check the box. So I'd ask them a, a simple question. I'd say, so uh, three questions. What's your name? And tell us something about your childhood. And what, well, it was four questions. What order were you in the family? Tell us something about your childhood. And why do you want to work here? And so they could answer as much or little as they wanted. But basically just trying to get them to relax. I didn't want them to give away anything that they didn't want to say. So we did that, and, and actually I had a picture of, a, of, of uh, some little boys sitting around a campfire. Well, I think there's a little girl there too, sitting around a campfire. And I said, this is what it's going to be like. We're just going to be sitting around, and I'm going to share the story of our company. And that way, you can understand our story and you can decide if you want it to be part of your story. So I, I, one of the slides I started, one of the first slides I shared with them was, uh, I, I said, I could tell you if, if there's nothing else you get from me, uh, 
and if you decide you don't want to leave, you don't want to work here, you don't want to be part of this, I can tell you how to know if it's the place you want to work. And, and just in 30 minutes, I could tell you what a workplace is like simply by talking to the owner or the main manager and ask him, why are you, why are you in business? And uh, a great question to ask if there's a church you want to go to is, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you wanted to extend that, um, when you're thinking about dating somebody, it's, why do I really want to marry this person? Yeah. So, so when you get to the why, why are we in business? And I asked the question, so, so what if I was in business because I wanted to make the company worth a lot of money so I could sell it? What would that be like to work here? And some of the answers were, well, you would just see me as, as, as a number who could make you more money. I said, well, what if, what if I was trying to prove something to my dad? Maybe he died 20 years ago. I was just trying to prove something. And the answer, one of the, there's many answers, but it wouldn't be very nice to work here because you wouldn't really know me. You were just trying to prove something. Wow. And then I said, I'm going to spend the rest of the morning or the rest of the day explaining to you why we're in business. But fundamentally, the reason we're in business is I don't need the income. I don't need the work. We're in business to change your life for the better. And so uh, I said, that's why we're here. And if you want to be part of it, and I'll share, and then I shared the history of our company, and then I shared our mission for our company, and then I started sharing my story back from when I was a little boy, when I was abused, growing up in a Jewish home, and growing up around people who had been in the concentration camps, and my journey through Judaism, and then through hippieism, and living in mafia-infested neighborhoods, and then drugs and homelessness and searching for something and and then getting married and living in a religious cult and then burning out and onward with that and starting my wood shop simply because it was therapeutic and not because I wanted to make any money and continue and then then the story just how the Cohen woodworking evolved it was a continuing story Uh, my first shop uh, there was a, a, a car dealer who wanted to tear down his his mechanic shop, so we went and got the cement blocks and the the steel trusses and the doors. And I came and and we took them down. Some some people helped me, and and I spent days cleaning those cement blocks, and my hands were all bloody. And and then we put the the building back up, and and we did it. Actually, there was a miracle that happened. We did it without any debt, and and so that was why. And then, and then I said that everybody treasures something. Everybody has a treasure. And I said, there's really only two things that we treasure here. There's only two things that matter. And one is uh, you. We feel like employees are a gift to us. And so when you come, regardless of where you came from, that you're a gift to us and we're a gift to you. So we, we take it as a mutual gift. And the second one is we believe your family is a gift. So we're going to do everything we can to make your family, your family's life better. And then I shared stories of individuals whose lives had changed, who had been addicts and felons and mental patients. One guy used to be the biggest meth dealer in the region. And, and he, he came and, and he grew into project management. Another guy used to 
worked for Walmart for 28 years and he couldn't stand the drama anymore. So he came to work for us for, uh, as a laborer, just, just cause he couldn't stand the drama. Hmm. And so that was what I shared. I gave him our story. And so an important thing that, that you would, you need to do, I believe is, 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 is take in as early as you can. And if you haven't done it, you could start doing it. Take all of your employees through an orientation and get the, get the, first of all, you, you need to get the story clear in your head of why you're in business. And if you're in business for the wrong reasons, then you could always shift your reasons, clean your motives up and get in business for the right reasons. And then share with your employees why you're in business and share the story. If you're the leader, then, then you are, as we, as we alluded to in an earlier podcast, that your secret heart is really what is the leaven or the, the energy, the central energy force, the engine of the organization. So we shared that. And uh, we, then we just shared different things about the organization and, and why we're in business and what we do to help you change your life. And so we're all here about you. And so I'm looking at these slides and um, I think I'll just stop right there. Peter, if you have any more to share, but that, that's a, the important thing is, is people have a story in their head mm-hmm. and they need some way of getting the story of your business and why you're in business mm-hmm. into their head. And that way they can support what you're doing. That's one by getting that story, that narrative into each other's heads where you all have the same story then that energy is flowing in the same direction. You're all there for the same reason. That is, uh, it's such an inspiring idea. And there's so many companies that don't do that very well. Uh, when I, when I kind of went through my, my personal branding process and starting my company, I was always asking that question. Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, what, what is the purpose behind my existence and the company that I started. And I, I would always answer it with what I did or how I, what I, what I offered, what services that I offered and what I was good at, what, what skill set I brought to the table. And so when I looked at an opportunity and was putting together propositions, quotes and, and bids for, uh, for projects, uh, generally speaking, it would start off with the, the person telling me what they needed done. And then I would tell them whether or not I could do it or whether or not I understood what it was that they were looking for. So we bypassed the, the whole uh, culture and we go straight into um, what can you do for me and in return, here's what I'll give you in return. And um, I think I've shared this with you recently. My wife and I moved back to Montana from Tennessee. We lived in the Nashville area. And uh, for a period of time, we were actually living at my grandma's house because she, she snowbirds down in Florida. So her house was available and we were living there while we were waiting for our, our new place to open up. My wife and I were sitting in the hot tub one night and looking up at the stars. And I just was asking this question, why am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my mission statement? And then I just started looking at all of the people that I was working with and all the ways that I was helping people. And it just kind of came out of my mouth. I said, I help people answer the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And I can't even, I haven't even been able to answer that question for myself, but that really is the answer. I help people answer the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? 
that's why I do what I do is to help other people really get to that point where they can answer that question. And when you have a good handle on your story and you understand how to communicate it to your internal culture, as well as the general public, then I love the way you said that it's not, we exist to serve you, you and your family. We don't exist to make cabinetry and countertops. That's what we do. You know, I don't exist to make podcasts and videos and consult and marketing strategies. That's what I do, but that's not why I exist. I exist to help you answer that question and then clearly articulate and share that story with, uh, with the right people. And so if you're listening uh, to this podcast right now, you are a, a leader of a business and you're in this position where you've been asking that question. Maybe it's, the answer is a lot simpler, probably a lot closer than you realized that you can simply just take a look at your story. I mean, I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that you were given that advice. I can, I can help you excavate that out or there's yeah. plenty, of, plenty of resources online to do that. Mm-hmm. But I want to go one layer deeper with this yeah. because that is the question that all, maybe most or all of us wrestle with is why am I here? Yeah, absolutely. Why am I here? And then instead of what do I do, why am I here? And so when I could answer the question for them, why we are here, and then they could go, oh, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of why we're here. We weren't here to build cabinets. Right. I don't believe in making money. I believe in creating wealth, using our gifts to create something that didn't exist before. But why are we here? And, and so by sharing the story of why we're here, and then you could go, I want to be part of that. And uh, Max Lucado had a really great, great observation. There, they, they say that people's two greatest fears are public speaking and death. And Max took it a layer deeper, I believe. And he said, I think most people's greatest fear is that their life doesn't matter. Ooh, yeah. And so... We need to create workplaces where people feel like their life matters. Mm-hmm. And, and by telling them the story of why we're here, then they can go, well, I don't think I could fit into that. Well, okay, that's fine. We'll help you find a job where your life, you feel like your life matters. But that's what you need to do is get down to the why. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you need to live a life to where you know that your life really matters. And that comes home with you. When you take that home and you... You share that same understanding with your family, your your wife, your husband, and your children, and you help them to understand how to how to find that mm-hmm. answer for themselves. Yeah, if I, if I if I my my life matters and I'm paid paid fairly, yeah. then I'm going to be at rest. And it, but if I don't feel like my life matters, then there's no amount of money you can pay me. Right. In fact, I'm going to waste a lot of money on self medication and entertainment. And, and, and doing things to to distract me from that that big void on the inside yeah. of but what I, I I just love the people I worked with mm-hmm. many of them were very poor but they just had this deep inner sense that their life matters and so they could live very simply because once you know your life matters and that was one of the things that woke me up in in I lived in Chicago and I went to college in Mexico for a year and I went there because it's the only college that would accept me with low grades. And we, we were, we, Mexico city is, 
is 7,000 feet above sea level, and it sits in a rim that's 10,000 feet above sea level. And at the time, I was smoking weed, and I was smoking tobacco, cigarettes, and living. Um, I wasn't healthy. And so we would get sores on our bodies and lung infections. And, and periodically, we'd go to Acapulco to, to just get in the sun, sunlight and the salt water to heal our wounds. Now, we'd go down... And, and we would stay in this lower-class hotel that was like 50 cents a night, had a concrete bed with a, I think it had a cheap mattress on it or a blanket, but just to go down and get in the, in the, in the salt water and fresh air. But going through the mountains between Mexico City and Acapulco, I saw something that uh, it's, it's one of these defining moments in my life. I saw people who were obviously very poor, yeah. simple peasants, and I saw a contentment in them that I didn't see in anybody that I knew mm-hmm. in Chicago. In it, you know, in Chicago, it was all about greed. It was about money. It was about education. It was about stepping on people. And I saw just a beautiful contentment in those people, and it made me cry. And I never forgot that. And that's been part of my search. Part of my search is to find that life where there's other forms of currency besides money. Yeah. And then there are other forms of currency besides money that that people can live. One of them is contentment. Yep. Another one is love at home. So, uh, but anyways, it's the story that's going on in your head. And, and so that was one of the things we did is to make sure that the story of our company was the story in their heads and that they wanted to be part of that. So we'll finish with that. That's very good. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast Uh, again today. This was our third part in the other forms of currency series, Uh, the story in your head. And I love that term storientation. I think that's a, that's a great word. Uh, Stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to be digging in even deeper uh, other forms of currency. And if you would like to connect with us, please go to philcohen.co. Take advantage of the contact form and uh, we'd love to meet with you and, and see if there's some ways that we can help you mine answering that question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, And what's the story in my head and how can I share that with, with people so they'll listen? Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast as we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy leaders.org. We would love to help you lead your organization to health.